If you really wish to destroy it... I do, Gandalf, I do. Then there is only one way. Cast it into the cracks of doom, in the depths of Orodruin, the fire mountain, in the land of Mordor where the ring was forged. Gandalf, I am not made for perilous quests. But I see that I cannot keep the ring and stay here. I ought to leave Bag End, leave the Shire, leave everything and go away. And I suppose I must go alone. <laughs> My dear Frodo, <laughs> hobbits really are amazing. <laughs> and I'm afraid you're right. For your sake, as well as for others. You will have to go. But I don't think you need go alone. Not if you know of anyone you can trust. But <clears throat> be careful in choosing. What? The enemy has many spies. What, 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 what's the matter, Gandalf? Oh, I... God. <laughs> well, bless my beard. Sam Gamgee. And what might you be doing under Mr. Frodo's window? Lord bless you, Mr. Gandalf, sir. Nothing! Leastways, I, I, I was just trimming the grass borders, if you follow me. I don't. How long have you been eavesdropping? I'm begging your pardon, sir, but there ain't no eaves at Bag End, and that's a fact. Don't be a fool. What have you heard? Why did you listen? Well, Mr. Frodo, sir, don't let him hurt me, sir. Don't let him turn me into anything unnatural. My old dad would take on so. I mean no harm. On my honour, sir. He won't hurt you. But just you up and answer his questions straight away. Well, sir, I heard a deal that I didn't understand about an enemy and rings and a fiery mountain and elves, sir. I listened because I couldn't help myself, if you know what I mean. I do love tales of that sort and believe them, too. I dearly love to see some elves, sir. What else did you hear? Well, Mr. Frodo is going away, sir. And that's why I choked, which you heard seemingly. I tried not to, sir, but it burst out of me. I was so upset. It can't be helped, Sam. I have to go. But if you really care about me, you will keep that a dead secret. See? If you don't, if you even breathe a word of what you've heard, then then I hope Gandalf will turn you into a spotted toad well, no, and fill the garden full of grass Oh, no, sir! I have thought of something better than that. No, Mr. Gandalf, sir, please! Something to shut your mouth and punish you properly for listening. You shall go away with Mr. Frodo. Me, sir? Me go and see elves and all? <laughs> oh, hooray, <laughs> sir! <laughs> Gandalf stayed in the Shire for over two months. Then, one evening, at the end of June, he made a sudden announcement. I'm leaving tomorrow, Frodo. Oh. Only for a short while, I hope. But I'm going down beyond the southern borders to get some news, if I can. I've been idle longer than I should. Has anything happened? Well, no, but I've heard something that has made me anxious and needs looking into. I think you should leave as soon as possible now. I thought I'd go on September the 22nd. It will be my 50th birthday and Bilbo's 128th. That seems somehow a proper date on which to set out and follow the old fellow. Very well, but it must not be any later. It's almost the end of June already. How long will you be, Gandalf? I shall come back immediately, or at least send word. 
At the very latest, I'll be back by your birthday. I think, after all, you may need my company on the road. Will it be that dangerous? It may be. One thing you must remember. When you go, you must leave the name of Baggins behind you. I'll give you a travelling name. When you go, go as Mr. Underhill. And in the meanwhile, do take care. Don't let out any hint of where you're going. Underhill. But where am I to go? (laughs) I've been so taken up with the thoughts of leaving Bag End and of saying farewell that I've never even considered the direction... If you want my advice, make for the house of Elrond, half-elven, at Rivendell. That journey shouldn't prove too perilous, though the road is less easy than it was, and it'll grow worse as the year fails. Rivendell. Very good. I will go east, and I will make for Rivendell. I will take Sam to visit the elves. He will be delighted. Well, see that he doesn't talk. If he does, I really shall turn him into a toad. (laughs) And so Gandalf rode away, journeying to the southern borders of the Shire, where he heard news of the black shadow that disturbed him greatly. He turned then east and north, and so journeyed towards the village of Bree. Gandalf! Gandalf! Gandalf the Grey! Yes? It is I, Radagast. Radagast the Brown. Radagast! What are you doing here? Well, seeking you. All I knew was that you might be found in a wild region with the uncouth name of Shire. It is the Shire, and you are near its borders now, but why are you seeking me? It must be pressing, for you are never a traveller, Radagast, unless driven by great need. I have an urgent errand, and my news is evil. Hmm? The Nazgul, the Nine, they are abroad again. Ah. They have crossed the river secretly and are moving westward. They have taken the guise of riders in black. The enemy must have some great need or purpose, but what it is that makes him look to these distant and desolate parts, I cannot guess. Who told you this, and who sent you? The head of our order, Saruman the White. And he also told me to say that if you feel the need, he will help. But you must seek his aid at once, or it will be too late. I will go to Saruman. Then you must go now, Gandalf, for I have wasted time in looking for you, and the days are running short. I was told to find you before midsummer. And that is now here. Even if you set out now, you will hardly reach Saruman before the Nine discover the land they seek. I myself shall turn back at Uh, once. uh, Radagast, stay a moment. We shall need your help, and the help of all things that will give it. You are wise in the lore of beasts and birds. Send out messages to all of them that are your friends. Tell them to bring news of anything that bears on this matter to Saruman and Gandalf at Isengard. Yes, I will do that. Fare you well, Gandalf. Leaving a message with the innkeeper at Bree to be sent on to Frodo, Gandalf rode south to Isengard, a circle of sheer rocks that enclosed a valley in the midst of which stood a tower of stone called Orthanc. While in the Shire, Frodo still watched and waited for him, and the news that Mr Baggins was up to something began to get about. Wargather, is it true? Aye, Daddy too, but it is true. Mr Frodo's selling Bag End. Sold it, in fact, to those cousins of his... The Sackville Bagginses. And for a nice bit, I'll be bound. More likely for a bag and price if Mistress Lobelia's the buyer. <laughs> Poor old Otho. If only he'd lived a few more years, he'd have been master of Bag End after all. Ah. Not that I wish to speak ill of the dead, Ted Sandiman, but I, for one, say the fewer Sackville Bagginses are Bag End, the better. 
Mistress Lobelia and that there son of hers would be enough for me. So, uh, where's Mr Frodo off to, Gaffer? He's going back to live among his folk in Buckland. <laughs> I can't think why. They're queer folk in Buckland. He'll be well at home there, then. He's as cracked as old Bilbo Baggins was. <laughs> There's naught wrong with Mr Frodo, nor these friends of his in Buckland. Mr. Peregrine Took and Mr. Merry Adock Brandybuck. Brandybuck. Well, my Sam says Mr. Merry has found Mr. Frodo a little house in Crook Hollow. But what will your Sam do now, Gaffer? Will Mr. Slobelia keep him on his garden or at Bag End? No need. He's going with Mr. Frodo to look after his bit of garden there. Oh. <laughs> you know what, Gaffer? That son of yours is acting like he's as cracked as the Bagginses. It was late one evening in July when Gandalf arrived at Isengard and was met by Saruman, who led him up to his chamber high in the tower Orthanc. I have come for your aid, Saruman the White. Have you indeed, Gandalf the Grey? For aid? It has seldom been heard of that Gandalf the Grey sought for aid. One so cunning and so wise. Wandering about the lands and concerning himself in every business, whether it belonged to him or not. I'm not deceived. Things are now moving, which will require the union of all our strength. That may be so, but the thought is late in coming to you. What brings you now from your lacking place in the Shire? The nine have come forth again. They've crossed the river. So Radagast said to me... Radagast the brown. Radagast the bird tamer. Radagast the simple. Radagast the fool. Yet he had just the wit to play the part that I set him for. You have come, and that was all the purpose of my message. And here you will stay, Gandalf the Grey. For I am Saruman the Wise, Saruman of many colours. I like white better. White. It serves as a beginning. White cloth can be dyed, the white page can be overwritten, and the white light can be broken. In which case it is no longer white. And he that breaks a thing to find out what it is has left the path of wisdom. I have not brought you here to be instructed by you, but to give you a choice. What choice do you speak of, Saruman? The elder days are gone. The middle days are passing. Younger days are beginning. The time of the elves is over, but our time is ahead. The world of men which we must rule. But we must have power. Power to order all things as we will for that good which only the wise can see. Listen, Gandalf, my old friend and helper. I said we, for we it may be if you join with me. A new power is rising. Against it, the old allies and policies will not avail us at all. This, then, is the choice before you, before us. We may join with that power. It would be wise, Gandalf. How could it ever be wise to join with Sauron, our enemy? There is hope that way. His victory is at hand, and there will be rich reward for those who aided it. Yes, Saruman, I have heard speeches of this kind before but only in the mouths of emissaries sent from Mordor to deceive the ignorant. I cannot think that you brought me so far only to weary my ears. Well, I see that this wise course does not commend itself to you. Not yet. Not if some better way can be contrived. What better way? The ruling ring. And why not, Gandalf, why not? The power would pass to us if we could but command it. Saruman, only one hand at a time can wield the one ring, and you know that well. So don't trouble to say we. I have many eyes in my service, Gandalf, and I believe that you know where this precious thing now lies. Well, is it not so? 
Now that I learn your mind, I will not even give you news of it. You are a fool. Well, your choices are, it seems, to submit to Sauron or to submit to you. I will take neither. Have you others to offer? Yes. The third choice is to stay here. You shall contemplate your folly from the highest pinnacle of the Tower of Orthanc. Until the end. Until what end? Until you reveal to me where the One Ring may be found. Or until it is found in spite of you. In episode one of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, adapted by Brian Sibley, the part of Frodo was played by Ian Holm, Gandalf by Michael Horden, Bilbo Baggins by John LeMessurier, and Gollum by Peter Woodthorpe. Sam, William Nye, Gaffer Gamgee, John Church, Sandyman, Gordon Reed, Daddy Twofoot, Leonard Fenton. Deagle, Graham Faulkner, Saruman, Peter Howell, Radagast, Donald G, The Lord of the Nazgul, Philip Voss, The Mouth of Sauron, John Rye, and the Nazgul, Christopher Scott, Michael Spice, and Hayden Wood. With Diana Bishop, Catherine Helbert, John Livesey, David McAllister, Martin Reed, and John Webb. The narrator was Gerard Murphy. The music was composed and conducted by Stephen Oliver. The director was Jane Morgan. <laughs>